So welcome to another Impact Sessions podcast with me, Nick Bramley. I'm delighted this week to have a long-term client and someone who I really enjoy working with, uh, Amanda Gardner. She's the managing director of a company called Durham Lifting, who bizarrely are based in Middlesbrough, but we'll cover that. Um, and Amanda works in a very heavy engineering and lifting business. And we're going to discuss what's the state of heavy in industry in the north and how are things in 2021? So without further ado, um, welcome, Amanda. Thank you. How are you, Nick? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Delighted to have you on. I know we've worked together a number of times and the slight worry for our guests, uh, our listeners is, boy, can we talk? So we might have to, you know, <laughs> You might have to keep this sort of on a on some kind of structure, but I'm intrigued really. Every time I work with you and you've got a really sort of powerful, strong uh, business in sort of lifting and and, and uh, heavy engineering and, and, and that kind of thing. I'm intrigued because I'm from the Northeast. You're obviously from the Northeast as well as anyone can tell from our accents. Um, you know, all the traditional shipbuilding and, and heavy industry seem to have long gone, but I'd just like to explore what the landscape looks like now, really, and what's your view on it. So if we can start with that, um, I, I guess I'd ask you to describe how you see the current heavy industry landscape, and in, particularly in the North of England, really, where, you know, you're very strong. How does it look? Um, it looks fine. Um, obviously, everybody's had a very difficult 12 months, um, but they all seem to be fighting um, fighting through it well. Um, there's a lot of work locally. There's some new projects on the horizon. Um, the SSI site is obviously going to bring um, work to the area. You say that shipbuilding is on the, has, has been on the decline, obviously, for a long, long time. Um, but there is news afoot that Sunderland are going to start building ships again. So there are lots and lots of positive um, vibes at the present moment in time. Let's hope that we can bring all these to um, flourishing. And then hopefully we've all got success, successful future. Well, I would, that's great news about Sunderland, by the way. And, and I think the, the COVID crisis has, has made people look at globalisation might not necessarily be a good thing. So, you know, if you if you want to... Uh, you know, build locally you probably have to build a supply chain locally because we found out during covid that supplies were struggling you know from the far east or other places so that's absolutely fantastic news and there's a lot of investment in things like offshore isn't there uh, and, yeah. wind and uh, renewable energy and stuff so it sounds positive then amanda yes i think it's very positive for the northeast uh, we're certainly the hub of industry um, there's a lot going on yes you're correcting your offshore wind there's always been a massive um, oil and gas concentration in the northeast there are some you know fantastic fabricators doing some wonderful projects so yeah I'm, I'm very positive at the present moment in time excellent good to hear and I think we should be celebrating that positivity the, the, the world's full of doom and gloom isn't it so you know sometimes it's worth uh, expanding on that so I tell you what would you would you like to share with the audience exactly what Durham Lifting does and what it's about and and how do you deliver your products and services to your customers what, tell us a bit about Durham Lifting yeah, so Durham Lifting have been um, in business since 1996. So we're just entering our 25th birthday celebration year. So we're quite proud of that. Everything that we do derives from the engineering sector. Um, we support the heavy lifting industry with our own range of products, a manufactured range of products and services, predominantly based around lifting and testing in line with Lawler, Pure and British standards. 
and, and there's there's a massive market for that obviously given that there's a lot of stuff gets moved around in there and and so you've got some very heavy equipment around on the site haven't you yeah we have some very very heavy equipment on the uh, on the site we're working uh, regularly up to thousands of tons it just seems to be the norm um norm to us guys we're just so used to it over the years good stuff well for those who don't know where you're based you're in a very historic um test house environment in middlesbrough just just uh, not you can see the transporter bridge from where you are i guess and you can see the my second home the riverside stadium from from the office um what's the story with the test house it's it's quite a spooky place and i've been in late on an evening sometimes it's it's got a lot of it looks like it's got a lot of history what's the story with the test house and, uh, that you oh no it doesn't mary only comes out on a night she's fine <laughs> so uh, the britannia test house was built in 1926 it was built originally by Dorman Long to test the components for the Sydney Harbour Bridge in Australia. Wow. Yeah, and also um, the Time Bridge was built and the structural components were tested in Teesside too, in the Britannia Test House. Excellent. So it's uh, very, very historic. Excellent. And a bit spooky in the dark, but there you go. We'll give that a <laughs> We'll agree to do. I, I do know that you said you've been there late and you've been the only one in occasionally. And it doesn't bother you at all, does it? No, no, no. There is a part of the building that I have never actually been in, though, having owned it for 25 years. There's still a section that I've never ventured into. <laughs> okay, that, that, that probably says it all. OK. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. We mentioned a few sectors. We talked about oil and gas. We talked about offshore and, and, and you know, renewable energy and stuff. Um, which are the sectors that you're currently actively involved in and, 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 and feel as though there's, there's the opportunity for you at Durham Lifting? Uh, to 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 expand into them what's it looking like in terms of your sort of market approach really we have um, a lot of sectors that we work in and I think that adds to the variety of the business and it definitely helps us um, support and grow we work heavily in oil and gas and have always worked heavily in oil and gas and obviously that's on the decline um, as we all know so now we've looked at offshore wind for the last 15 years we've been heavily involved in offshore wind there is a new hydrogen platform coming along. So we're heavily involved um, in, in that. And there's lots and lots of renewable energy, which you know we're trying to get um, fingers in the pies there. We've always um, supported the local construction company, the local fabricators, marine environment, um, ports, UK wide. So we do actually spread our net quite, quite wide. And we, have, we are looking now at um, overseas distributors. So you that's also adding to the portfolio. You mentioned to me in an earlier conversation about so expanding through into sort of Europe. Is that as a result of Brexit or as a result of an opportunity? What What would you say is the reason for a distributor? This is a distributor for your own branded product, which we will come on to shortly. What was the reasoning behind sort of thinking, thinking Europe then? It's to get your product out there, basically. Um, we need a platform to sell overseas, the same as we need a platform to sell in the UK. So in order to do that, we're obviously looking at distributors in specific countries who can support the brand and sell into their local markets. It would be very difficult for us guys to do it from a UK base. Hmm. I've got a couple of clients who try that, but the clients who go distributor route are probably more successful more quickly. 
Um, there is some inherent challenges with that. You've got to find the right partnership for the right collaboration. Got to build a lot around the trust of that. But uh, yeah. how's it going into where you're looking at the, where, you know, where's on your list and how's it looking? Um, we've got the Far East and um, Netherlands, France. They're on our shortlist at the present moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's looking good. COVID is obviously delaying delaying things when you would normally go on a flight and you know do an online uh, a face-to-face meeting obviously it's very it's very difficult at the moment so you know online arrangements and things are very slow people are still um I think people are still very concerned about the future and what the future holds and especially overseas so it's just a storm that we have to ride at the moment. I think I think you know somebody who's going to invest in a distributor relationship with you probably wants to come and visit and have a look and meet you and they can't do that or they haven't got the confidence to do that and there's travel restrictions so um 2021 hopefully you'll have something in place where do you where do you reckon if you were betting your first distributor overseas would be then which of the markets do you reckon you might get into earlier um holland will probably be the first person to bring online because i know they start their marketing campaign today so that's that's good news for us guys and we have done a little bit of business with them so far so that's all that's all good excellent um we've hopefully got somebody coming on board in ireland in the next two weeks too so that's a positive move um the ua i think will be a longer approach it's probably going to be towards the end of the year when travel restrictions lift Mm. um, and things get a little bit you know easier for us all so they're probably going to be our first ones, I think. And that, that's certainly a big market. So interesting times. Excellent. Well, some big ports in, in uh, Holland, didn't they? You know, your Rotterdams of this world and, you know, they do lift and shift stuff. So that's perfect for a Durham lifting product range, isn't it, really? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. You mentioned earlier, uh, Amanda, about the 25-year anniversary. I mean, it's probably sad to say that you won't get the same uh, opportunity to celebrate as you might have done beforehand but fingers crossed by the end of the year there's something you can do I know you like a trip to the races with the team and I know I like to you know celebrate success but um, you know probably unlikely that you can celebrate 25 years it's quite an achievement in itself really um, I, let's do a bit of time travel really I'm going to ask you what differences you've seen in that in that time in the way that business is being done and, and maybe the requirements that your customers have of you you know has it got easier has it got worse has it got is it just different? You know, what, what's your view of the last 25 years as a as a managing director of a, you know, heavy lifting engineering company? I think that people definitely value quality um, more than, than they did a long, long time ago. Obviously, that's driven by the British standards and the health and safety rules. Um, I don't think we've got the um, face-to-face gentleman's agreement situation anymore. Um that that's it's just had upsetting um really if we could get back to that you know the morality bring that back to business that would be nice sometimes you can lose a client over a pound and you think god i've worked really hard to get this client and i've spent a lot of hours and a lot of investment and you can just lose everything over a pound and it's like really guys is this what we're all about nowadays Mm. but no we've looked after we actually have clients who've been with us for 25 years and, you know, we have fantastic relationships with these people and they also come to the races. <laughs> That's good. Well, fingers, cro- fingers crossed the races reopens and uh, oh, hopefully. And you won't forget who your friends are because I live around the corner from your race course. So, you know, I'll be well, quite- I won't forget, Nick, won't forget. <laughs> quite an easy invite. Um, so, I mean, in terms of you're prolific on social media, particularly on LinkedIn and you and I have a, 
sort of a bit of a challenge around you know who's got the most connections, who's got the who's got the most sort of uh, uh, comments and likes on, on their um, on on the post, etc. How has that changed for you, you know, in terms of building relationships? Because you're, you're B2B really, aren't you? So that's where that lives, LinkedIn. How's, how's that worked for you? I think it's fantastic. Um, you can link with anybody that you want all over the world. You can have a conversation with people that, to be honest, you've, you've never met before and you probably never will meet. So it definitely broadens your horizons. Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure whether I'm happy about the... Um, male stalking that happens on LinkedIn. I've seen a few posts this weekend from, from um, female, lit, female leads who uh, are, you know, getting some really bad comments sent to them privately, which is not the best situation. Um, but we're women and we put ourselves out there and we do, you know, what we need to do. We, we run businesses, strong businesses, we're strong-minded and we just have to put it to one side, I think, and forget about it. But the positives are um, are really good, actually. We've done a lot of business through LinkedIn. It gives us an opportunity to tell all of our clients what we're doing on a weekly basis. Mm. And that's really important to us. We have different sectors to the business. And some people haven't got a clue what the rest of the, the company does. They think all we do is sell shackles, sell slings they don't understand that we do such vast array of services. So yeah, for, for that, it's been absolutely fantastic. Excellent. Going back to the inappropriate sort of comments and stuff. I mean, it's a bit like um, sort of racism in football and sexism in business. You know, you, you shouldn't, it should be nowhere near. It was never appropriate. It should never be anywhere near 2021. And it's, you know, it's one of those should be a name and shame thing for me. If anyone's doing that, you should, you should be well within your rights to, you know, expose them for what they are. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll move on from that. The um, it's it's just hugely disappointing that 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 still exists, isn't it? I guess. But you know, people are unfortunately what they are. Um, you mentioned about connecting with people, having conversation with people, you know, around the world, people that you might never meet. So we are definitely a global economy. Um. But without wanting to discuss COVID in great detail or, or even the dreaded sort of Brexit word, really, um, how has that globalisation, which has expanded over the last 25 years, how has that affected Durham Lifting? Is it positive, negative? You know, and what about the northern economy? What do you think globalisation has done to it? No, I, I think it's definitely a positive. Um, a lot of companies that I know are suddenly shipping out to Japan, China. The offshore wind has definitely opened new markets. And obviously the offshore wind isn't just going to stay in the UK. It's, it's, it's global. It's a global economy. So it's definitely going to be um, work that we're going to ship overseas. So a lot of uh, local companies invested a lot of uh, money and infrastructure into offshore wind. So they need to be able to ship their product, you know, to the likes of Japan, Singapore, Poland, all of the places where up and coming farms are, are, are buoyant at the present moment in time. Mm. And I think it's really good for all of us. So you might, you might end up with a relationship in the UK or in the Northeast or in the oil fields or in the sort of uh, offshore um, renewables, but that could take you anywhere. Is that, is that essentially, you know, you follow, you follow the opportunity then, aren't you doing that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if you do produce a quality product and it's recognised across the offshore wind sector or the oil and gas sector, you will get orders from far afield. So, you know, let's continue making quality products. Excellent. How do you, how would you service that though? You know, in terms of being a, a, a business in the northeast of England and it's it's heavy gear, you know, 
shipping that out? Is it how, just talk me through the logistics, only from an interesting point of view. What's the logistics of getting a beam or a spreader beam or, you know, uh, some kind of lifting hoist out to someone in Japan then? Shipping it or what do you do? Yeah, we, we're very lucky, obviously, because we're based in Teesside. We are surrounded by um, one of the largest ports in the UK. Mm. Um, so, you know, PD ports can ship almost anywhere in the world. So you can get most equipment out in a day or two, no problem at all. Mm. It just it takes longer, doesn't it, to get it across on a ship than it would do. Uh, it, it was, well, <laughs> your sending is heavier than the plane, so you couldn't send it on a plane, could you, I guess? Certainly with the new Brexit policy, it's causing some problems, that's for sure. I can imagine, I can imagine. Um, I've worked with you on and off for a number of years, um, and I think one of the things that strikes me is, despite being what you might call a traditional business, i.e., you know, heavy engineering and heavy lifting, you, you're really quite innovative in terms of how you approach things. And innovation would be definitely in your uh, business DNA. Um, I, I do like the sort of strap line, you know, we do it right. And, and, and it is about getting it right. Let's get it right first time. Innovation, it doesn't have to be in product development necessarily, but what do you think has been innovative that you've done that you're proud of? Where, where's the innovations over 25 years that you think, yeah, we did that. We took a risk, and, and, and look what's happened. Where, where, where would you say the uh, the, the innovations being displayed, Amanda? Put you on the spot a bit. Well, we've 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 always invested back into the business. We've always invested heavily. Um, the chairman of the business didn't really buy into a standard product. Mm-hmm. Um, we've now created a standard product that we ship in the UK. Um, and, and overseas, we also hire the equipment. So we've invested heavily into our hire range. We've managed to up the testing parameters of our poor old 1926 test bed. So, you know, we managed to develop the old lady mm-hmm. and, you know, she's, she's now doing more work than she's probably ever done in a, in a, in a whole life. So that's, that's good for her. Mm-hmm. We took a risk last year and brought in a, a fabrication team um which we're hoping to build a new building you know in the next six months which will house them which will allow us to do even more work um and we've got a few innovations going through at the present moment time with composite materials all right one of the things that we're looking at is working with composite um composite materials and the load factors involved in that so that's a very um, interesting concept we don't know where that's going to take us yet, but mm-hmm. it's definitely in its grassroots. So we're, we're looking forward to that too. So yeah, there's a lot of things, a, a lot of a lot of changes and a lot of things going on in the last 25 years, most definitely. Good stuff. And I do like that. You can feel that in the DNA of the business. And I know um, that, that your husband, Paul, you know, he's um, his sales director, he's also an engineer. And he, he, there's an argument whether he thinks he's a better engineer than a salesperson, but he's, I think he's probably good, good at both, to be fair. <laughs> But he's the, he's the guy who can just see a problem for a client, Carney, and scope out on the back of literally a fag packet and go, that's what that needs to look like. And, you know, that innovation in terms of problem solving is definitely in the DNA of the business, isn't it? Yeah, I think one of the things that helps us hugely is everybody in the business is of a technical mind. So they can go to anybody's site and solve a lifting problem. They know exactly what to design and build. They know what it looks like. They might not obviously know the calculations, mm. but they know what it looks like, what the parameters are, what the British standards say we can and can't do. So, yeah, and all of the team, you know, certainly 60, 70% of the team can do that, which is 
which is a huge advocate for Durham lifting. Mm. My people have um, been with me 25 plus years. Mm. You know, I can't ask for better loyalty. I think that's absolutely fabulous. Um, we've, we've worked hard to create a little, t- little team of engineers who are not engineers. Does that, does that make any sense? Yeah. <laughs> uh, t- technical people who just are learning because of what they've done over 25 years and, and, and how they can solve problems. So, I want to explore something that's it's slightly strange to those who don't know, okay? You, you mentioned earlier about your branded product, and you've got a product range called Multisec, okay? You can tell us what Multisec does in a minute, um, but it's a heavy lifting solution, but it's bright pink, right? So you you designed something. Durham Lifting, Multisec, these beams that they are, the bright pink. Tell us about multi-second. What the hell made you choose bright pink beams for a, for a construction or a lifting solution? Well, I have to confess, I had nothing to do with the colour. <laughs> it was two guys who came up with the colour. And I, I honestly have nothing to do with the colour. Um, so I, I did like it when they proposed it to me. And I thought, yeah, yeah, there, there are other ranges of um, lifting equipment that are bright pink. So... I was quite pleased that they picked something that stands out. Um, whenever we see one of our beams on a photograph now, it stands out so much. It's not like the old blue colour or the old yellow colour, you know. Yeah. It's actually bright pink, and I can see it from the motorway. So it's fantastic. <laughs> I, guess, I guess from a sales point of view, if you see a beam that's yellow or blue, that's not bright pink, it gives you an opportunity to go in and say, why are you not using a bright pink one? Isn't exactly. I know the mine. Whenever I see one, I 100% know it's mine. <laughs> okay. tell, tell, tell us a little bit about what Multisec is then, because that was where you went into a branded product range, which was quite an innovation in its own right, creating something that you can then sort of take out to market. What's Multisec all about? Yeah, so we've, we've discussed this concept for a long, long time, um, over 25 years probably, which is sad really. Um, we designed and built spreader beams, crane systems, lifting beams, specialist frame lifting apparatus for the last 25 years. So what in order to help our marketing team, what we decided was we needed a product range that would open doors. Yeah, so we put a range together that is standard in comparison to other um, products that are on the market. We knew that it would take off on the higher side. So we obviously knew that we could put these straight into our higher fleet and they would go in regularly. It also give us, it gives us a huge help on the marketing. That, that was the main focus for us. We can now open doors where before you would tell people what you do. You might make a pitch or, you know, whatever, but, the minute you leave the room, there's nothing to leave behind. So they don't really particularly know what you do. Yeah. So we found that by having a specific brochure with a specific range and a, a proper marketing strategy to sell it in the way that we wanted to sell it mm. and to work with distributors, it definitely is working for Durham Lifting. Excellent. And Bright Pink doesn't do any harm at all. Bright Pink, no. There's a few clients who have not gone for pink, but that's their prerogative. <laughs> problem okay we mentioned innovation earlier one of the things that you've been really good at in the past is uh, exhibiting so attending exhibitions and exhibiting exhibitions those routes are shut certainly were shut in 2020 they don't look like they're opening anytime soon in 2021 um how's that affected you in terms of that route to market that network um and what are you doing to replace it you know because it, it was 
it's quite significant in your sector, isn't it? There's, there's probably three or four big, you know, there's one Aberdeen, there might be one in the NEC, there's one overseas, you know, they're all missing what you're doing. Well, we're certainly using as many local platforms as possible. So we deal with the local um, NOF, NOF Energy, which um, they're helping us out on opening doors. We uh, advertise quite regularly on our LinkedIn. We're speaking to clients. We're going back through all of our contacts, picking up the phone, sending an email, reminding them that we're still here, we're still working. Um, our regular clients, our day-to-day -day clients, they're open too. So they need our service no matter what, which is mm. a good thing. That's managed to keep us very busy. Um, we're just doing, using the platforms that are out there that we think work for us, i.e. LinkedIn, a little bit on Twitter, but not a huge amount. Mm. Uh, website, website works. We're looking at the SEO, et cetera, to see you know how we're attracting clients. Um, it's uh, it's challenging for them, most definitely, but it's working because we're seeing an increase in business in 2021. So, good stuff. You would have you would have probably uh, used the exhibitions for a bit of uh, a bit of touch base with existing, a bit of socialising, some prospecting elements of all of that. So you're just doing it in different routes and different ways because you can't stop doing it. You can't not do it, can no, you? No. No, you, can, you can't stop. That's one of the most important things. When you've got your name out there, you've got to keep your name out there. You must keep contacting your clients, keep talking to your clients um, and, you know, just, just checking in really to see how everybody, how everybody is, how their business has been affected, you know, what plans they've got, how you can help. You know, there's lots of different areas that you can, uh, that you can remain active in marketing, definitely. Okay. You miss people though. Yeah, I mean, face to face and, and, and you know, the, the days of giving someone, I'm not sure a handshake's ever going to come back, by the way. We'll have to just go for a, a sort of a bear hug or something, won't we, or an elbow bump. But you should judge people on how strong that on, on the handshake was. I'm not sure I can judge someone on how strong their elbow bump is. We'll see what that looks like when we get back to, <laughs> you know, to el elbow bump, you out the room. Oh, that's a strong hand. That's a strong elbow bump. So, um you mentioned earlier about sort of the, the landscape in the north, uh, particularly in the northeast. And you talked about, you know, sort of um, offshore and and that kind of stuff. Have there been some casualties as a result of you know what's happened to the economy? Well before COVID, it was probably argued that the region was underinvested in, but you know it seems to be now, like you say, shipbuilding uh, offshore that might have changed a little bit. Have there been some casualties that? Are, it's sad to see, you know, when you look at the, the landscape, people that are no longer here that you think, well, that's, a, you know, years of heritage and stuff. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's definitely been some uh, casualties, um, especially at some of the local parts. Um, some businesses are still closed, haven't even, you know, reopened. Mm. We do a lot of work in the automotive sector. So that's, that, that's just, again, finding its feet. Um, mm. It hasn't done a lot in the last 12 months. They're, they're slowly, you know, bouncing back. But I think they've probably got another six months before they're anywhere near the production levels that um, that we've seen two years ago. Um, I can't think of anybody in particular who's who's gone. There are a couple of large companies that have just gone off the port of Blythe, the likes of Deep Ocean, who've been around for a long, long time. Mm. Um, IHC have moved operations back to France. So, yeah, you know, they, these are big users of our equipment. So mm. it is it is sad to see. Okay. But, I mean, hopefully, from what you said earlier, you know, the order book's filling up, you're doing the right thing in terms of promotion and marketing and some of the opportunities that are, are being created through, like you said, just different initiatives like offshore and oil and gas will come back. I mean, I'm never, 
I'm never particularly too sad for an oil and gas company who say the share prices drop because significantly they've got billions and billions in the bank, haven't they? Usually, so you know, the sort of they don't get as much uh, they don't get as much sort of uh, um, uh, love as other people do because they're already minted, aren't they? To a certain extent. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to ask you about a gender question. We're going to I'm going to qualify this. Okay, so I'm going to ask you about gender. I can't ignore it. You're a a, a woman MD of a very male-dominated heavy engineering lifting company. Now, before I ask you the question, the audience start calling me a dinosaur. You wouldn't ask a man the same question. It's a conversation we've had a few times, so I want to explore it. And you've already touched on inappropriate, you know, stuff that people threw at you on LinkedIn, etc. Um, but I am interested from a gender point of view. You know, how's it been? You're very strong, successful. You lead a successful family business. Done it for 25 years. It's very mucky. It's very, you know, boiler suit and, you know, dirty industry, etc. There's not many women in that sector. There's certainly not many women leading businesses. How's that been for you? And, and, and is, it, is it an advantage for you? You know, how does it work? And, and what's been the, the, the positives and negatives of that 25 years for Amanda Gardner? If I can be brutally honest, I love what I do. And I've always, always loved what I do. Um, I used to tell the girls that lifting equipment is sexy. So <laughs> don't don't shy from it. Just get in the middle of it, get in the thick of it and, and, and enjoy it. I, I absolutely love um, liaising with clients, getting them what they want, when they want it. Um, I, it gives me a real buzz. I, I honestly, I've, I've never found it an issue. I've had a few, a few instances over the years where guys have been pretty rude mm. um, in terms of, my knowledge level and kind of surprised that a lady turns up instead of a man and kind of asked me what the hell do you know i think they quickly find out though when they engage in conversation that you know that's a a really strange place to be because you can probably sell them under a table in terms of knowledge and you know experience and capability and, and all that kind of thing so first impressions versus reality are very different in that in that scenario aren't they yeah they are very different but you do being a woman you do have to know what you're talking about Right. Yeah. So you do have to study. You do have to make sure that you you understand your products. You understand how they work, and know your limitations. If you don't know, I, I'm quite easily shy. Often go, this is not my sector. My engineers will do this for you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's their role. That's their job. My job is to come in, see you, talk to you, find out what you want, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and 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 I understand exactly where my parameters lie. Mm. I would never go and look at a really complicated. Um, lift or test that because the engineers will have to do that work anyway so you know I just stick to your limitations be be proud at the end of the day I'm very proud of what we what I've achieved and it's it's been a you know right from being a receptionist I was always a strong character Uh, (laughs) I remember having you know my first argument when I was probably about 19 with the with the lads on the shop floor and them them saying to my dad who does she think she is and I thought you know nothing (laughs) <laughs> you haven't seen it yet <laughs> that, i'll be honest with you amanda that's absolutely bugger all to do with gender is it? it's to do with confidence and ability and, and yeah just it is yeah yeah but i think the fact that you are a woman in that sector you must have that confidence you must feel proud of yourself you must you know n- not shy away if you've got a confrontation deal with it 
Yeah. Um, you know, I can be the nicest person in the world most of the time. Mm. It just takes that one, you know, the one person to slightly push me over the edge. Nine times out of ten, I'll turn around and walk away. Yeah. But, uh, there might be that one occasion where the wish had never said anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll leave it at that. And, and I, I did want to ask. I did want to ask it, given the, the, the just the heavy bias towards sort of the, uh, the, the 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 gender in that sector. So, um, I've got a final question for you. And it's quite simply this. What's next for you and Durham Lifting and what does 2021 hold? Well, 2021 holds uh, quite a lot. We're honestly two new buildings going up on the site. Um, the fabrication team will be moving into, into a new location, which means we get the test house back and the people who visit the test house will understand how important that is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely more investment into our hire fleet and into our product range. We're hoping that the composite arrangement comes together and we can shout about that and possibly go for an innovation award. Is that, so, is that, is that going to take into a different sector, the composite stuff then, Amanda, do you think? Is that where... No, it's, it's not a different sector, no. Um, it's a, our, one of our products that we're looking at, basically manufacturing from a totally different material. Mm. And it, it's going to be a big ask. I, I think it's a huge change for the, for the sector. Um, it's a huge change in attitude. So... Watch this space, and we'll just see what happens on that one. Okay, and obviously distributors and and you know uh, Holland and, and perhaps UAE uh, on the basis. So, so it sounds like exciting times. So, the question I've got—I said that was the last question—but why why do we not see enough of this? Why do we not get these positive stories in the business press? You know, it's full of doom and gloom. The quick to shout when a company's folded or you know, decide to lay people off with it. Why are we not getting these great stories from, you know, a sector that is doing reasonably well and certainly done lifted are doing very well. Why is that not happening? Um, I think the press in the UK have always loved to shout about the things that are going wrong. Um, it certainly, you know, it, it, it reads a good story, doesn't it? And you can put a different spin on, on negative. But no, I think that um, we should focus more on the positive and the good things that um, that the companies are doing, because not just our company, but there's certainly a lot of other companies who have who have worked hard through COVID and have come out with this really well. Mm. So let's let 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 let's shout from the rooftops. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to share the screen for those who watch on uh, on YouTube, and it's basically uh, to let people know. Um, where the podcast can be available as ever. It's available on all the platforms that you'd expect, iTunes, uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Podbean, etc. Um, it's also hosted on the Impact Session, uh, the Impactus Group uh, website. So again, all the links are on the uh, on, on the, uh, um, the the notes for the pod. And last but not least is Amanda's contact details. If you um, you have know, been inspired by Amanda, you work in a sector that needs you know, specialist lifting and, and, and um, you know, some heavy engineering support, then Amanda and her team could not sing their praises high enough. Um, Amanda Gardner, amanda.gardner at durhamlifting.co.uk, phone number for the office, et cetera, et cetera, and the website. Have a look at some spreader beams. Have a look at some um, uh, um, pink multisex and see what they look like. Um, fantastic to meet you again on, on, a, on a podcast. Uh, look forward to working with you again over 2021 um, and look forward to being invited to the races when they reopen, Amanda. So (laughs) definitely. Thanks for being a great guest on the uh, Impact Sessions podcast. No problems. Thank you very much, Dal. It's lovely to see you. And you, hon. See you later. Cheers. Cheers, Dal. Bye.